You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. And joining me today, one of my all-time favorite former stars, you know what? The other night they showed him on the scoreboard. Looks like he could, uh, you know, swing about a period still between the pipes. It's Marty Turco. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm good, Gavin. Uh, Spitz, we'll call you Spitz. Spitz, you can call me Spitzy. Hey, have I graduated into hockey if I have a hockey name? Spitzy? I like that. Well, I I think you did. That's just the natural evolution. I I think you've been into the hockey, just not just from your – uh support of the sport the support of this sport and of the stars um you know you know you know your crap dude so yeah you, you you're in now you got a nickname so it's cool full yeah you know spitzy kind of sounds like a third line agitator which i kind of dig you know especially the other yeah. night going up against boston that was a rough crowd sir <laughs> yeah it, it, it was a rough crowd and that's a fast big team they're good there's a reason why they're winning and um I don't like your chances as a third line agitator. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm from the Boston area, grew up there, and I've always wanted to talk to you about the transition from you went from Dallas for numerous years, and then all of a sudden you're playing in two original six cities in Chicago and Boston. You know, the mindset of a player going from one city to, you know, two massive hockey towns, what go- what were the biggest differences? Well, let's let's think. It's, it's definitely hard to compare to the original six and, and big math of hockey towns. But Dallas is holding their own, especially as of late and winning yeah. the cup in '99. There's been a few voids here and there. It's just hard to hard to match up against original six. But going to them, I mean, shit, both those teams were um, coming on the heels of winning cups. You know, the Hawks and. 10 and in the in the Bruins and, and 11 and so uh you know I'm kind of used to being around when teams have won cups and the and the pressure that goes along with it and expectations which I you know I enjoy two totally different experiences um not not saying from a hockey perspective because those those are both awesome but you know the Blackhawks I was signed there and and and, and coveted and uh, expected to be the starter and then you know Blackhawks I signed when Tuca and and actually Dobie got hurt he was in the minors I was playing in Austria and getting ready to retire and then they called me up so I was there for eight weeks had a cup of coffee it was cool they wanted to win the division and they didn't want to um, you know play the crap out of Timmy Thomas we were both the same age so they needed a couple of extra games played, a few more wins, and uh, I helped them out uh, a little bit. Got to wear the Bruins jersey, number one, first time in my life. And, uh, but it was great. But Chicago was awesome. Um, 
you know, that team was special. Both teams were really special, actually. And, um, you know, just to get a chance to play with some names that will go into the Hall of Fame, uh, most notably, you know, Tane and Kays. Uh, yeah. You know, my boys. Yeah. And Tays, man, I really just think the world of that human being. And um, a little more outgoing than the Bergeron in, in Boston. Super, I mean, that guy's just a legend. And um, you know, the way he played. And so it was it was it was just good, man. It was good. And Zidane Chara, man, this this a lot of guys couldn't have been any nicer. Um, really and did enjoy my time. But as you said, uh probably 95% of my career was in one place and um proud to be a Dallas star forever. With the random Austria, were you what part of Austria? Was it the Vienna area? No, it was Salzburg. Okay. Home of the original Red Bulls. I was not only played for the Red Bulls in two different instances that season. Uh, in order to get me back over there, they made me a Red Bull athlete. And um, I was like, all right, me and Lindsey Vaughn and Ricky Fowler, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that just must be such a great, like, one-of-a-kind of ex- experience just to say, like, hey, you know what? I get I get paid to be in Europe for a bit. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Nice. <laughs> I recommend it. I recommend it. <laughs> they don't do that in broadcasting, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, so early in the career, so you went undrafted as as far as junior hockey, but then you signed. Um, is that one of the reasons that you know? Because I wanted to ask you this because you had such success at University of Michigan. And nowadays it seems as though like, you know, there are two paths, junior hockey straight up like a Wyatt Johnston or junior hockey into the minors and try to make your way, get into the AHL and then hopefully pop up to the NHL. But we're seeing a transition where a lot of kids are going the college route They're Even if they're high draft picks, they're saying, you know what? Teams are saying, let's put you in college. Um, you know, what was your decision into, you know, I'm going to go University of Michigan rather than I'm going to continue on this junior hockey route? <laughs> well, it's not very complicated, so um, I'll keep it. I'll keep it between the lines here. Um, I grew up watching junior hockey, uh, you know, NHL and Wayne Gretzky rolled through town when I was two, three years old, uh, you know, Bobby Probert and, and Rick Tockett, and then we even billeted players, man. Like our family hosted um, these junior kids at our house, and they're they're I mean they're they're grown men to me. When I was you know middle school and, and looked up to them, and I went to a lot of games. My grandfather was the second longest season ticket holder in, in franchise history in our hometown, and so I wanted to play for our hometown team. Of course, you know, I looked up to them, but. Not getting drafted and kind of just peaking late in terms of skill, size, and uh, preparation, both physically and mentally. Um, you know, when it came time, as my game uh, was in order to play junior, um, I was a year ahead of, you know, I'd missed the, like my 17 year, like my draft year to the NHL. And um, then I actually went to camp um to the, to the Guelph Storm camp, which was really close to the town. I was going to play junior B in in order to get a, hopefully get a scholarship, which I've already been, was offered one at the time out of midget, um, you know, U16 mm-hmm. um, to, to, it wasn't actually, would be U17 then with age goes, but to Michigan Tech, you know, where John Scott went and Tony Esposito, which is the reason why we're the number 35. 
um, from my hometown Hall of Famer in the NHL. And, yeah. and anyway, I was just, yeah. it was just all going pretty fast. And I said, I want to go get, I want to go to Cambridge and figure this thing out, take my time. And I went to junior camp. You only get 48 hours in order to attend camp if you want to keep your eligibility. And uh, this GM there, Mike something, um, I was just like, can I ask you a question? You know, my, I practiced for two days. And and he's like, um, yeah, what is it? I was like, so tell me what I'm doing here. He's like, you know, if you want to be on the team, you can be on the team. We'd love to have you. There's a kid your age. You guys have battled for the job. He has it. And take it away from him. I'm like, all right, here's the deal. So in two years, I need to uh, get drafted to the NHL, uh, beat out Sparky MacArthur, and, and get an NHL job. That's what I'm doing here. He's like, yeah, honestly, that's pretty much what you're doing. I was like, great. I'm going to go get one of those scholarship things. Shook him, shook his hand, stood up and walked out of there. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, you know, that crazily, I went and was fortunate enough to play right at the right moments when coaches were watching Red Berenson in particular and, and had a good junior year. And um, we didn't win the championship, but we got close. And, and not only did I get, get a scholarship to Michigan, which changed my life forever, I also got drafted by the Dallas Stars right out of Junior B. So they called my name, Marty Turco, fifth round, uh, playing for the Cambridge Winterhawks. I was sleeping at the time, but um, that was a, a lot transpired in about, you know, a nine-month span that uh, really shaped uh, the trajectory of my life. And um, I'll forever be grateful for those is that pre decisions decisions. Is that pre-text message when your draft was taking place? In other words, yeah, you were asleep. How did you find out? Um, so that particular year, I had to look this up. It was in Hartford. <clears throat> the draft it was 1994, so way before text message. Thank you for the kind words. <laughs> and um, and and um, you know, Craig Button and uh, who was that? Uh, Long time head scout here. Another fun story of how I kind of blew him off, not on purpose. I'm just being sincere. But um, oh man, old goalie, what's his name? Anyway, he they called me from the draft floor. But you know, that then the you know the first two rounds were on TV at night on Saturday night in June, and then the next morning everybody gets up hungover and I start going through the list and they're like, all right, third round, let's go. There's nobody there. I'm sure there's a few knucklehead hockey players with zeal, overzealous parents wanting to go up in the draft, which I. Didn't think I was going to get drafted, nor would care less. It's, you know, it's trivial at the end of the day. But um, they call me and they're like, ah, yeah, we're at the draft table. Took your fifth round. And I was sleeping. My mom gave me the phone. I'm like, with actually, we had a really cool new invention called the cordless home phone. That was pretty neat. <laughs> on it. She gave me that. And that's how I found out. But I was so like, just got up and I wasn't sure, you know, who I was talking to and what just happened? I'm like, man, I think I got drafted. She's like, what? I'm like, I, I don't know. I can't say for sure, but I think I just got drafted. Wow. <laughs> that was it. That's... I was on a, Gavin, I was on a waterbed, no less. Just to. Oh, wow. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Waterbed. You had the waterbed or your parents had the waterbed? It was my bed. Damn. You were living good, man. That was like oh, back, I... back then waterbeds. Wow. Yeah. My, my, my dad's, you know, a great dude, kind of an idiot sometimes. He filled that thing up so much. I mean, <laughs> if if my even if if Kelly, my then girlfriend, now wife, if she even was sitting on the bed, I jumped on it. I would launch her almost into the ceiling fan. <laughs> I don't know how we look back in history and think that was good for our backs. <laughs> um, 
don't know. I don't know. I don't see any research. Yeah, research. yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Okay, so was it Michigan or was it prior to Michigan? Because I always think it's great when, and still to this day on Hockey Night in Canada, your name will be mentioned as far as goaltenders with that extra defenseman on the ice as far as uh, puck possession and puck handling and getting it out of the zone. And you are known as one of the all-time greats. So how did that come about? And as far as like, you know, learning that and the confidence, was it someone that you looked up to that said, I got to be like that? And it's pretty cool to see so many goalies emulating um, what you did back when you played. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, to, um, you know, you're a little bit leading the witness, but all that's quasi true. There's people I look up to like... Uh, you know, Ron Hextall in the 80s, I mean, 90s too. I mean, I wrote him a letter when I was in you know, middle school. Um, I think he just scored his goal and and he wrote back actually. And, and you know, I was a good athlete. I, I just wasn't strong enough to, with, with wooden sticks, you know, when I was younger, even first year or two of high school, just to shoot the puck. I mean, that stuff, equipment wasn't made for it. It was heavy. The stick was heavy. I was a little pipsqueak and, um, you know, so just really couldn't do it. Uh, very well not that I wasn't trying and you know the one thing probably I'll educate you and, and what most people why I get a lot of credit other than just you know what they witnessed on the ice and in highlights or game film um, of me zinging it around and moving the puck side to side forehand and back end is the, 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 the difference that I made was I, I changed the style and how we play it you know to play hockey with your thumbs pointing down the shaft while as a goalie with a 13 degree lie where players are, you know, six around there, six degree lie, you know, I turn my thumb up the shaft with my goalie, with my catch glove and in order more like a claw. And that just instantly made me more athletic. And then it turned out that it gave me uh, better flat passes. Um, but the dispersion of my, of me playing the puck came from probably 25 degrees to about probably 70 degrees. So I had more, nimbleness to what how I can do it and change uh where I was shooting it to throw off four checkers or guys coming on me or I'll just look people off and then and really important for me is that then I had a backhand I can really grab the stick with one with my catch glove which is not designed to hold a stick and uh get it up on the glass and get it on there hard and move it from one side to the other with efficiency and direction that would allow confidence in my defensemen and coaches for that matter where most goalies can just play it um, you know, on the forehand, with mm-hmm. very limited, um, you know, line of shot. As soon as you start aiming somewhere, it's kind of got to go there. I'm not saying guys can't pass it really well, which they can. Like Martin Berdura, he was awesome. I enjoyed playing with him and passing with him in the Olympics and World Championships and All Star Games. But you know, everybody flipped the hand over, and so you know, I was the first to do it, and that changed my game. It changed our game in our defensive zone, and we weren't really big on analytics, but we all, we just knew that. We spent way less time in our zone and way more time in the other zone. Therefore, we're winning. 
and um, that was the that was the simplistic way of our analytics. But uh, it was it was about confidence and you know looking up to guys like Kirk McLean in Vancouver, who you know was my favorite in high school, which is really impressionable years. Couldn't play like him, but he was a cool customer. And um, and then finally, when I switched my hand over near the end of college and uh, just worked at it every day, every day and uh, got the stick right and got the glove right. And then when I got to Dallas, you know, Eddie was moving the puck, you know, pretty um, confidently and, um, you know, had some, had uh, some space given to him from Hitch and, and really Rick Wilson, the D coach. And so that just kind of helped pave the way for me to what you end up watching and our fans did for, you know, a decade of uh, getting out there to wield the puck and to give ourselves the advantage. Usually on most nights, it wasn't without a, a gaff, you know, here and there, but, um, you know, we utilized it to our advantage and it was really a lot to do with skating ability, which was my dad gave me when I was young, but uh, turning the hand over to make a difference of how I played it. And, and uh, I mean, I see every kid around the world pretty much plays a puck like I did and mm -hmm. um, kind of got like some paternal pride, you know, every now and then I look at people and, uh, I might be sitting at home and someone makes a great play like that. And I'm just like, you're welcome. Yeah. So, so just, you know. does it, does it become, you know, as a guy who played numerous years in the NHL, does it become when you hear that you're mentioned on hockey night in Canada, I've always wondered this with hockey players growing up in Canada. And for those that don't know, that would be the equivalent of Sunday night football or, I mean, basically, you know, Saturday night stops in Canada, people watch, the Canadian teams, they have amazing programming. Um, I get a lot of my intel from watching and then doing further research on that. I don't know why a lot of the information doesn't come south of the border to America, but their insight's amazing. And so when you're playing and you get the Hockey Night in Canada towel, I mean, does that bring the kid in you or is it just like, you know, is that one of those AI hey, arrive moments or is it just one of those things that you kind of get used to? Mm, I never got used to it because I probably didn't, I didn't play Canada in the playoffs enough. Played in Canada a lot, you know, especially Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. And, uh, man, dude, I grew up watching it. Like, just what you're describing. It's not even, it's not even like just playing Sunday night football. It's like being the only game on TV for Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? almost like the Super Bowl every Saturday night. And growing up, there's only one game a week was on Saturday night. So, you know, I got really, really fond memories um, of of Saturday night as a kid with my dad, you know, family home. Right. You know, having dinner and sitting down. And uh, for me, it was a, you know, a cold, a tea that we'd make at dinner, and you know, had some sugar and some milk in it and would sit there. And after the first, we'd go get it and be cold, but it was still great. And and uh hostess chips you know barbecue is my my jam so um you know it was unbelievable to watch usually toronto but you get montreal and and then the the western late game was was awesome as the older i got that's why i really i could stay up and watch vancouver a lot and kirk mcclain was yeah he's special awesome in 1994 and so anyway yeah dude hockey night canada is something crazy like um it's really hard to fathom. Yeah. So you uh, grew up watching. Cool yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. You grew up watching Don Cherry and, you know, with his videotapes and, uh, and then all of a sudden Don Cherry, you know, when you're playing calls you the smartest goalie in the NHL. <laughs> that was pretty cool. He knows. What he
yeah. you talking about. Yeah, yeah. I'm pumping your skates right now, man, you know? That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, get, getting you back into it. <laughs> uh, it was really cool, dude. No, that's wow. that's badass. And now you're, you're an just, on... You're just regurgitating Don Cherry. He's a man. Yeah. Well, what I'm trying to do is, is like, put it in, you know, put it in perspective. I think one of the things, Marty, is, is that you're extremely fan friendly. You walk around, you run the Dallas Stars Foundation, you know, you have a lot of things going on. Um, but I think, you know, when you look at your, uh, you know, I mean, the, the, you should have won a Vesna. Um, I look back at those days and it's like, you know, we had a hell of a goalie here and, uh, you know, that kind of leads me to my next is we have a hell of a goalie here now in uh, in Jake Ottinger. Tell me what you see from a goalie's perspective when you watch Jake. Well, we, we there's a, there's a few similarities from us. Like Kevin, you know, he was around for a while. You know, watched the Cup run and was up and is back in the minors. And you know, kind of say he deserved his opportunity. Um, you know, when I left college, I was older, I was 23, and went to the minors for a couple of years. Game one for me wasn't until 25. So, you know, a little bit of an age discrepancy in terms of when you get in the gig. But Jake, for being as 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 young, as big as he is, um, the kid's got talent and and you know there's that's not what separates him because there's a there's a I would say a lot, but more than a few uh, people have his pedigree. But what they don't have is his ability to um, remain calm, to welcome the welcome the pressure, to want it, to be a gamer, and um, and just just instill confidence in his teammates. Honestly, that's that's the number one thing I see. I could just tell when he's playing and you know moving around. Um, that I mean, I don't just sit in the crowd. I got, makes me feel better about the game, and I know what it does to the guys on the bench. And I think he really relishes that as I did. And fortunately for you, me, the stars, our fan base, um, man, we might have a really good run here with a really good kid and that deserves all he could get in terms of notoriety, financial commitment from the stars and all that, because uh, he's, he's just good, man. He's, he's, he's a generational goalie that um, hopefully plays here for a long time, breaks all the records and, Brings home the next championship. Not to bring up age, but has he said, "Oh yeah, I, I grew up watching you." <laughs> uh, you might be too young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the the you know the other aspect I wanted to talk to you about because he's not mentioned a lot, but with multiple coaching changes, Jeff Reese has been there for years, as far as through the Bishops, through now the Ottingers. Um, what? Tell us about Jeff as a goaltender coach, you know, former player, and what he's been like for this organization. I mean, you're right. He's, he's been a stalwart. And um, I think our run of goalies, I mean, uh, almost almost historically, you know, in this organization, I feel like we just always had a goalie. And, and um, you know, his run's been good. You know, I wouldn't say the goalies are – you know, really to blame by any means. And, you know, from, you know, Kari and Bish, uh, you know, Bish was, had some, he's a really good goalie. And I wish he was still playing, actually. He's just so talented and yeah. a great puck mover. But, um, you know, getting Doby ready, um, you know, then taking on Holpe. Um, he was playing great until he just, you know, wasn't 
he was in the infirmary as well and and just knowing that he had this 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 kid coming along and from day one he was like mm, just gotta work on him just gotta work on him and and uh his first little while he, he definitely was he wanted it so bad you could tell that you know jeff was working on him but just to just remain patient and just trust himself because he's really has that talent and uh, man it, it, it when it came it came quick and it seems like it's here to stay and there might have been a small lull already this season where he kind of reverted back after maybe an injury to you know just being a little anxious and excited but Jeff Reese has done a wonderful job with our goalies uh I know when I talk to him I feel calmer and, and a little more zen moment he just has a good personality um and kind of let things roll off the back just like most goalies uh do so I think him and Jake work really really well together and, and, and wedgie too um it's not hard to like Jeff and the work and the and, and all the stuff he does it and feel good about your game coming to the rink whether you need a little help or you know you're riding high and just got to keep the keep riding that wave um he's, he's a good dude for us to have 